Welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about raising teenagers. People talk about the terrible twos, but I say it's terrible teens, right? So many of us have problems with our teenagers, and we wonder if it's something we're doing wrong, right? Why are they rebelling? Why are they acting out? Um, maybe we're being too controlling. Maybe we're stifling their freedom. Maybe they're just brain dead, right? <laughs> There's all this stuff that goes into feeling like you're succeeding in parenting teenagers. And so while Ross talked about parenting little kids last time, and most of us now have adult children, we go back and look at the teenage years we experience with our kids and some of the things we did wrong and some of the things we did right. And we are back We're in here. our parenting series, <laughs> part two of Raising Kids. Mm. So I wanted to talk about not the terrible twos, but the terrible teens <laughs> nice. today, preteens and teens. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of clients who are calling, uh, struggling with their teenagers um, and it's interesting. I did I did youth ministry uh, when my kids were very young, <laughs> and I remember a lot of the parents of those teens that I was you know ministering to just kept saying, "Just you wait, Brian. Just you wait." And I see yeah. why they were saying that. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. all of a sudden we hit yeah. those teenage years, right? And uh, I think I'm finding that so many parents think literally like. What are we doing wrong? Mm. What are we doing wrong? And they see my kids now, my adult children, basically, and they say, oh my gosh, like you could never understand what we're going through. And then I tell them some of our stories mm -hmm. of what yeah. we went through. And they just feel, literally, I've heard them say, we feel so relieved. Like we're not <laughs> crazy. We're not the only ones. Like y'all went through this and it gives them hope that yes. they can go through it too. Yes. So I just want to <clears throat> say right off the, the bat, anyone struggling with your teenagers, yeah. join the club, yes. right? Yes. Join the club. Um, what, there's so many challenges today. And, and, you know, I know it was different. It was a different world that we were living in when we were raising Chandler Christian and Carson during their teen years. But now, oh my gosh, what are you guys hearing with from from your clients? Let's start there before we go into your own experiences in your own homes. What are you hearing from clients and their struggles with their teens today? What I'm hearing the most is depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> maybe not so much rebelliousness as teens are really struggling with the depression and anxiety and a few cutting, a few experimenting with like marijuana because marijuana seems to be like the new cigarette. Like, mm -hmm. so is there a problem with that? Just kidding. It does seem. Yeah, but depression, and anxiety is mostly what I'm seeing with yeah. teens right now. Even as young as like eleven, yes, I'm seeing some depression of like I. I just don't want to live. What's the point in living? Okay. And that's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. yeah. I want, and I want to underscore, we're hearing it in 10 and 11 year old depression, yes. mm -hmm. yeah. like diagnosed clinical depression, yes. right? Yes. And tons of generalized anxiety. And one of the things I spoke about in our, uh, our previous podcast, not the parenting one, but with the young 20 something group that my wife leads, 
how much social anxiety is out there today? Absolutely. How much social anxiety? And I, I've got to believe that the, the phone, the, us being on Mm -hmm. that iPhone and the social media all the time has to be contributing to that epidemic of social anxiety. Studies are supporting it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Spoonie, how about you? You seen anything other than, I mean, there's depression, anxiety. Yes, sir. Everything that Glenna just said and, Mm -hmm. and, even mm-hmm. some, you know, I hate to say it, it's even a little, you know, heavier beyond that is suicide thoughts. Suicide ideation, and it's right. Just, yes. You know, it's just happening. And so yes. uh, I remember, um, it's funny how uh, I think you and I have talked about it a, a few times of our uh, kind of youth pastor, youth leader days. And I remember uh, in my grandfather's church and uh, <clears throat> working in that in that department with the with the young people, and I'll never forget. Uh, my grandmother would get up, and she would often talk to the young people, or she would be talking to the parents when certain issues were coming up. And she would say, um, and she would always point out a mother that may have had her little baby in her lap, and she would say, "Honey, you're gonna have to make sure you give that child all that love that you have now, because it's gonna be something when that child goes from your lap onto your heart." Uh, and, you know, in those moments with what's happening now, what I'm realizing is that at the end of it all, these all these kids want is love. And so they want acceptance. And so they may even get it in the home. But what it does, it starts, and I'm seeing in the parents, they start second guessing how they're loving. Hmm. They start second guessing, can I do more? Can I? And so they want the kid to be happy. Right. And it's all this outside influence, such as the phones and the mm-hmm. social media and all that. And they just want to be accepted. It's like uh, a young, uh, I think, Glenda, you said, what, 10 and 11, you're starting to see it um, to where it's even happening where they don't even know how to be friends or they want to be friends. And then the friend is saying, well, if you're not my friend, if you're not my friend, I'm going to tell everyone else not to be your friend. Wow. So that they can have that control that early of an age. Yeah. So it's starting that early with the acceptance. <sighs> and so then parents are just like, what do I do? And right. all I do is I try to drive home, keep loving them, mm-hmm. keep mm-hmm. loving them. At the end of the day, keep loving them. Because in that love, I realize what I tried to give my children, what Denise and I, and I realized what I got. In that love was safety. In that love was freedom. In that love that my parents tried to give me um, was hope. And so I was able to live. But then also one day I encouraged those parents and I tell them, one day that child, when it becomes an adult, they're going to be able to go back and look. And so uh, speaking to those out there, like keep loving them. Um, And it's, it's, it's so funny how you said it earlier, though, about the difference, of course, of how when we were raised, mm-hmm. we had community. Yeah. And so now the community, you can't hardly trust it because of all the ugliness that's out there. But there is a ton of uh, reinforcement of positivity, energy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, books, uh, clubs, all those, yeah. church, you know. So yeah. I would say use that as your community. Get that child and use all the reinforcement love that you that you can muster up yeah. to help you parent. You I know? love that you're coming back to love. Yes. When you create an environment in your home yes, of sir. love and acceptance. Yeah. And look, 
I love to joke as much as anybody and be yes, sarcastic sir. and rip on people and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And you have your relationship with your, especially my boys growing yes, up, sir. not yeah. so much with Chandler. Hey, mm-hmm. you don't mess with Chandler. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but my boys, right. they're knuckleheads. Right. Yes, but sir. they get enough bullying yes. and meanness exactly. and rudeness and sarcasm yes. and that snarky crap that's out there on TV mm. that they're watching at, at with, with the peer age, yeah. you know, when they're teens, those yeah. kind of shows. Um, and it's like, you want an environment where, man, there's love, there's acceptance, yes, there's belonging. And, mm-hmm. and, and I know this, we had that home where, I mean, you think about it, how many broken homes are out there mm-hmm. and kids yep. are living in these war zones at homes, mm-hmm. right? Watching this conflict and living in it. And they want to escape. They want to be anywhere but that. Mm-hmm. And if you create an environment where there's love and acceptance... Yeah. All my my boys' buddies were coming over. We have all the, you know, half the Argyle football team hanging out, right? Wow. Yeah. And wanting to be around Jamie and I. And yeah. I, so I got to say this. Don't try to be cool. Yeah. Don't try to be their That's buddies good, and their friends. Be That's a good. parent. They, they can look up cool, right? Yes. They want to see... The old guy loving yes. his wife, like wow. Does there is there some marriage that actually lasts? Is there some husband who actually well, you know man, good, likes to man. pinch his wife's butt sometimes? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, you know, sir. like instead of fighting and bickering all yeah. the time, just yeah. be you. Yes. Don't be, don't be their friend. Be a parent. That's good. Man. And discipline them. Dare to call the friends out on the stuff too, and not be the one who's so permissive. So I'm going to be cool. Oh, no, hold the line. They feel safety when there's the boundary, and they know you love them and care yes, about sir. them. And if you parent well and don't sell out to be that friend, mm-hmm. you'll have lifelong friends yes, when sir. those kids become Ooh. adults. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were going to say something. No, well, I can. I mean, I love like (laughs) creating that atmosphere in your home of loving, belonging, acceptance. Mm -hmm. And with the boundaries, it's this safe, secure atmosphere where your kids know, like, I can be truly myself 100% at home. I have a safe place to land. And that was one of the things Kirk and I wanted for our kids was like, home's a safe place. You can come here. It's a safe place to land, and it's good. It's it's a safe place for the good, the bad, the ugly. Yes, yes. Because you're loving, you're accepted, not on like what you do or how you perform or if you're the perfect kid, but just for being a human being. Mm-hmm. Like you have value and you have worth, and you belong to our family. Yes, you're a massy, you know. And mm. so creating that was super important. But I love how you brought in like these boundaries, and then is this an atmosphere for friends to come hang out mm-hmm. and and um, share and stuff? I know when we had Nicole's 16th birthday party, she had a guest list of 200 people. Wow. And I'm like, hey, Nicole, wow. can you like cut that down to 100 kids? And I think. Yeah, and so 87 kids showed up. Oh, wow. And some of the feedback we got back is like, we knew this was a safe place. Like, there wasn't going to be drugs and alcohol here. Mm -hmm. And so we knew it was safe to show up and have a party. Mm. And one of the kids, when they left, they were like, Mrs. Massey, can we do this again? I love coming to parties here because I'm not going to have the peer pressure of those things. And Mm. so having boundaries is important. And sometimes it's hard as a parent because I feel like peer pressure as an adult is harder than it was having peer pressure as a teen. <laughs> so for me, like as a teen, I'm like, I can always blame my parents. Oh, my parents say no. Right. Yeah. But as an adult, it's like, it's yeah. my no, it's my boundary. Yes. And so, yes. um, when my friends were making different decisions, that was tough. Okay. That brings wow. me to this. So, so many people listening, okay. They're doing a parenting series and on teens, 
How about we've been talking about the ills of social media and those devices and all the device time. When do you give your kids phones? When do you allow the kids to have the cell phone? (laughs) Like literally, that's a huge question, right? Yeah. Because you can say, I'm going to hold out. Okay, now your kid hates you because they're the only one at school without their phone, right? (laughs) Think about when our kids were in junior high and high school, like, Cell phone was mm-hmm. it was the flip phone. Sure, so it wasn't I still what remember we have now. But the I remember and the LG. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. and I remember thinking this is a long leash. So that was a decision like junior high is when mm-hmm. our kids got a phone. But I don't know if I would make a different decision. Yeah, today knowing what I know mm. with the smartphones. Here's what I'll say. I'm so glad you. This just popped in my head. The one, you know, everybody's going to make an age appropriate or a family appropriate decision about uh, giving your kids the phone when they have it, what they use it for, how much time they spend on it. I think you do need to set the limit on screen time. There's ways to do that and to monitor it, and and video games and how much time they spend on video games and all that. But one thing that I I regret. I, we made a mistake because we, once our kids did have the phone and we trusted the, the, their self-limiting during the day and what they, what they looked at and what they didn't, how much time we were watching their grades, we were watching their sports and, and their social activity. So we felt good about all that. The one thing that we did wrong that hurt us and hurt our kids, we let them go to bed with their iPhone. Mm-hmm. We didn't say, no, that goes in you know, off, on the kitchen offline, counter, on the kitchen the counter uh-huh. the no phone zone. We're yeah. going to put it here. We let them yeah. stay up late and didn't yeah. with their iPhone and didn't monitor that. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, that was a mistake. Yeah. Uh, and, and if nothing else, it's costing yeah. them sleep, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, that was a regret that we have. So I'm, I'm challenge, I'll challenge any parent. Yeah. And if your kid kicks and screams and hates you for it, hey, th- okay, it. So good. Yep. You're going to, because you're, you're literally, you are protecting them yes. uh, when you make that decision. Mm-hmm. I would say Absolutely. that's a hard line Three, deal. 100%. Um, so one, one of the deals for, for, um, that I'm seeing a lot is you said that there's anxiety and depression, not as much, you know, rebellion. <clears throat> so when I do see the rebellion, right, it's, and you know, it's mom and dad bringing their kid in to, can you straighten out our rebellious <laughs> teenager? You know, this knucklehead who's, you know, and I'm like, okay, do we have a kid problem or do we have a parent problem? Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's what we want to get to know. Like, let's talk about it. And many, many, many times I see, wow, this overbearing, controlling military style or helicopter parent is crushing the spirit of the kid. And I know when I say that, there's somebody just cringe, like, oh, crushing their spirit. They need to learn. They need to be disciplined. And, and you are shaping, and you have to, they do have to learn to submit their will to certain things, right, that are good for them and not just have free reign. So that's that fine balance between disciplining and learning when to say no and to set boundaries and crushing the spirit of the kid. Mm-hmm. So many times I see the more you control, the more kids rebel. If you mm-hmm. want a less rebellious kid in general, then control them less. Give them freedom. Give them autonomy. I, I, I wrote this down one time, and I shared it with a lot of people in this little, you know, very little uh, parenting book that I wrote once upon a time, and it said, let your default answer be yes. Mm-hmm. 
try to let your default just be yes. Mm-hmm. If the kid asks to do something, yeah, sure. So many times parents know. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Well, I'll figure it out, you know, because I said so, or I'm a parent, or I don't know why, but I'll just figure it out later. But no, right. it's like the default is no, mm-hmm. and that's very frustrating to kids, mm-hmm. right? You don't trust me, right? Let me have some freedom. Let me have some autonomy. They will rebel. They'll resent you. They'll hate you. They'll they'll want to to sneak. They'll want to hide. When you can say yes a lot. I'm going to trust you until you give me a reason not to trust you, right? Yep. Man, and then when I said yes a lot to my kids, I found that when I said no, there was a lot less, oh, dad, a lot less mm-hmm. huffy and mm-hmm. rolling the eyes mm-hmm. because they knew, okay, dad says yes a lot, so there must be a good reason for the no. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think I, I was meeting with a couple one time, and uh, and the, the, the wife was talking about her upbringing and her... And her parents' family or her parents' discipline style, and it was very rigid, very mm-hmm. uh, structured. And uh, you know, she said that it was her and her sister growing up in this environment, and her sister <coughs> rebelled really hard against that, and she kind of stayed in the lines. And uh, her dad would use her as an example to her sister. Oh, comparing, yeah. But what I saw Ooh. is this. What I saw is yep. this girl up to that. Break, d- break down in front of me, talking about how it had created in her this unhealthy dependence on her father's approval of her. Yes. So mm. even if there's not rebellion, <clears throat> and you're seeing that structure work for your kids, you could be creating something negative that's deeper, far than more insidious. Yes. Yes, and because uh, it's I, hidden. Yeah, and I would say that that's probably more pervasive than someone who just rebelled and they're able to get out of that system or yeah. or whatever. So I would, I just, I agree with you that 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 control is uh, there. It's a fine line, but um, it isn't going to produce the result that you want most yeah. of the time. Well, I, I'm finding that <clears throat> sometimes parents are parenting as their teen as if their teen is first, second, third, fourth grade. Mm. And so they're still holding the line and watching and hovering to discipline instead of growing with this child who's developing some independence and getting them Mm -hmm. ready. And so like my parenting style has to change a little bit with the growth and development of my teenager because eventually they're going to be going off to college, right? right? And so what I see a lot of times with counseling parents is like, they're still parenting as if they're middle school or younger yes. and controlling those decisions and kind of hovering a little bit when really there is some autonomy and there's more, there needs to be more engagement of conversation as yes. to what are you thinking? What are your values? And in encouraging the child to think through some of the things and some of the consequences of their choices and really empowering them to make some choices and getting some support from them. And which we'll talk about later is like that goes on into adulthood too. Mm, Right. Right. Yes. So, so Spoonie, did you have something on that? I thought, no, no, I mean, such a great point. Um, point. Yeah. There's, my mind is going like 10 different directions <laughs> right now. It's like, where do I want to jump in yes, on this? Yes. So much of the, uh, when, when, so, so the dynamics of a, of a controlling, let's say one spouse is very controlling and hardline. I don't want my kid to make the mistake, right? Uh, so uh, I'm still disciplining them and controlling them like, like, they're a kid. They mm-hmm. like they're you know sixth, seventh grade, or right. a six or seven year old, right? right? And they don't. I don't trust them. 
you're sending the message to them. When you overfunction or you control, you're sending the kid, I don't trust you. I don't believe in you. They're getting the message. Maybe I don't have what it takes. Maybe I couldn't come through for myself because mom and dad still have to do everything for me. So giving them the responsibility, giving them the rope, mm-hmm. giving them to, that, again, many people, oh, well, they're going to go hang themselves. Let them fail. Let them have some negative consequences, mm-hmm. right? They develop that sense of, okay, what I can and can't do, what I should or shouldn't do without you dictating that. But again, I get it. As every parent, again, they're cringing like, oh, I know we're so afraid they're going to make that one decision when they're an idiot, right? Um, that's going to have life-long consequences. Right. Yeah. Like we don't want that one decision yeah. to land them in jail or pregnant or, yes. or dead, right? I get right. it. But I'm telling you, when you operate out of fear like that, instead of trust, your, your, your kid's going to learn, they don't believe in me. I don't know right. what I'm doing. You know, right. mom and dad don't believe in me. And man, when you show them that trust, you yeah. show them, I do believe in you. Yes. It's amazing. It is. It's a really amazing what comes out, right? Yes, what sir. starts to come alive. Well, and you say, you talk about, you know, saying yes all the time. I think about my life is no right now for my kids. You know, like, <laughs> right. No, don't crawl on that. No, don't jump on the, you yeah. know, all of that stuff. But I could definitely adopt that into my life more. But what I think is it takes more work, you know, mm-hmm. it takes more work to say yes. Like to, okay, exactly. my daughter's like, Hey, I want to go paint. Oh, I don't want to get all that stuff out right now. You know what I'm saying? But that's going to be something for her to enrich her life, for us to connect, all of that. And I think even in the parenting years, it's easier to say no, because then emotionally you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be engaged in the thing that they're going to do that you're worried about. So it's like, it's a protective, you know, easy thing to be like, oh, I'm going to say no. Saying yes takes more work and takes more energy. I was was driving. Exactly. So I'm driving up to the house and I'm tired. Carson Mm -hmm. was under, he was around maybe 10 or 11, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm, I'm driving and I parked the car. I get out of the car. Here he comes. The dash running out there. Dad, dad, dad. And it's a rip stick. Let's play rip tag because I rode the rip stick with him. We play rip tag or we shoot baskets on the rip sticks, right? And I'm just tired. The last thing I want to do. And he comes out. He goes, dad, dad, dad. I go, dude. Wait, wait, not now. And I'm the whole time I'm thinking about father-son stuff. Yeah. I'm reading John Eldridge with my men's group, you know, wild at heart. And if I swear to you, he said this. I go, dude, just give me 10 minutes to come in, and I'm tired. Let me eat supper at least, and then I'll come back out. He goes, come on, Dad, don't give me father wounds. Oh. <laughs> he literally said that. I said, you little crap. Don't use my stuff on me. Yeah, yeah. Man. But, but it's that it takes effort yeah. to say to to say yes. And you know yeah. what? To vet out, okay, who are you going to be with? Who, right. What are their friends? You know, right. who's the parents? You know what? Yeah. And it's just so much easier to say no. And yeah. we're tired. It and yeah. it's going to take some energy. For I'm sure. so glad you brought that up. So but good. if you invest, so look, uh, this is so while ago when you started talking, I want to come back to one more thing too, but this okay. was part two of that. When you invest in what your kids want to do and who they are, not what you want them to do. Mm. Yes. So much of this rebellion and this, it's, 
I want my kid to be the, the star volleyball player. I want my kid to be the star basketball or football player, or I want him to be the, to go to this Ivy league school. It's all, again, all this projection mm-hmm. of their stuff and unmet needs in their own lives or living vicariously through mm-hmm. their kids, the glory days that they didn't have or that they did have. Right. right? And you're trying to make your kid into something that they're not. Mm. Right. And the kid doesn't want to disappoint mom and dad and they feel that pressure. So, Man, sit down and ask your. What do you want to do? Do you want to do this? Yeah. And I'm all about if somebody will start something, make them finish it. Yeah. Like not quitting and all that. But that's not forever, dude. If you tried football, okay, you're staying in it. You're not going to bail. You know. Mm -hmm. But if you if that's not your thing, okay. What do you want to be? Who Mm -hmm. are you? Who were you created to be? Mm -hmm. Honestly, Carson. My son, who's now, he just signed his contract. We write. He's a music producer working for. You know, he's a he's a very gifted. Musically, yes, this is. kid forgot more about music than I'll ever know, right. right? And I saw this at a young age. Do you know how hard it was for me not to say, Carson, dude, you need to be playing piano, guitar, <laughs> yeah. or drums, or bass. You right. need to start playing an instrument. Right. It didn't come out that way. Where his gifting led him, you know, he got on my computer one day and got on GarageBand, and he took to that, you yeah. know, and all of a sudden it's studio, FL Studio and, yes, you know, mm-hmm. Logic. And it's like, okay, my son has this gift, so... Now, do you think I wanted to hear that (laughs) upstairs while he's making his beats for those last two years in high school? Mm -hmm. But we we loved it and we engaged and we went and said, Dad, let me show you. Mm -hmm. I went upstairs. Mm -hmm. Hate hate rap music, but I love my son. (laughs) And I'm telling you, guys, you have to encourage your kids in what they do and they will flourish. They were created to do and to be something other than what you or your hopes and dreams are for them. So make sure you're on board supporting them. Right. Right? 100%. The other thing, and I'm sorry, and and I want y'all to speak up on this one, but the other thing that happens. And I started to say, when there's the controlling, I said, maybe it's a dad. Okay. The dad thinks the mom's too lenient. The lenient thinks the dad's too much of a hard butt. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, and, and the kid sees this. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to parent on the same page. You have to be united front. You have to figure that out so that the kid is not, you know, frustrated, um, uh, wondering, well, who do I follow? Who do I listen to? And it's the mom kind of protecting the kid from dad, or it's the dad saying, blow your mom off, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, that is setting your kid up for failure, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I'm, but again, I want all the listeners to know when that teen is acting out and they're breaking your heart, some of the toughest marriage struggles we had in our 33 years was when our son was going through a tough, tough time. And, and emotionally, man, he was not doing well. And my heart was breaking for him and he wasn't making good decisions. And my heart was not just breaking for him, but I'm wanting to strangle him. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the tension that caused in my, in my heart and my life and the way I processed that grief and the way Jamie did, that's different. Mm-hmm. We grieved differently. We wanted to parent differently. We wanted to process differently. And that caused us. That was, I mean, if one thing that was going to tear us apart in those years, that was going to be it. Mm. And so you got to be careful on that. Mm-hmm. You have to. And if, it, if you find yourself struggling with a difficult teenage uh, situation and it's costing you conflict in your marriage, 
come talk to us. Yeah. I mean, I would say, come talk to us and and let's talk through that because you're not alone. When I tell my story, Jamie and my story about going through a very difficult season with one of our kids, um, they're like, oh my gosh, have you been in our home? Like I'm finishing their sentences. Right. And just the very fact, and this kid is amazing yeah. to see the turnaround mm-hmm. and who he is today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it bless his heart and all the crap that he went through, right? And mm-hmm. we loved him in it instead of yeah. just trying to, you know, make him, right. we just tried to love him and yes. tried to be there for him. And when they see who he is today and, and our relationship, it gives them hope. Okay, we can do this too. Yeah. We can make it through it too. Mm-hmm. So give me, so challenging teenage time with, with as much detail or as little as you want. What are some of your biggest challenges? And Ross, you're exempt from this one. <laughs> biggest challenges in the teenage years. I think that uh, when you start talking about that, uh, I think the biggest challenge is to make sure you have communicated what you've tried to teach them. And so you don't see it all the time because you're not at school with them. You're not going to work with them when they get the job. And so as a parent, you're like, man, is this kid getting it? You know, so when they're at home. And so I'll never forget um, when you were talking about uh, your son and he mentioned don't give you, don't give him yeah, father Don't give me wounds. father <laughs> I'll never forget there was a time. And, and sometimes we, you know, we do this a lot uh, in, in our marriage and in our families. Uh my oldest son, Darius, he had just gotten his car. It had been like mm-hmm. six months, I believe. And Ross, man, every every chance there was somewhere to go, he's going. You know you know how that is yep. and how it was. So I'll never forget this particular night. You know, he had asked, could he go and be with some friends? And I'm like, okay. And I was kind of hesitant. My wife was like, yeah. And so I can see his 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 body language was like, hey, if they say no, I'm going to sneak out anyway. <laughs> so I was like, well, you know. Let's just let him go. Make a long story short, he went, and my wife started egging me. You know, it's getting close to curfew time. Have you heard from me? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, honey, he's he's gonna be home. No worry. And I never forget, he was past curfew, and I called him, and it was one of the pivotal moments in my parenting with with him. And I'll never forget, I called him, and he was he answered the phone, and he was laughing, and I kind of ripped into him. And he goes, Dad, no. And he hung up. And next thing you know, he was home. And he's like, and he rings the doorbell. And I hear the doorbell <laughs> ring. The doorbell. <laughs> and I open the door and he takes off across the street. He said, I'm not coming in until we talk. And I'm like, oh, goodness. Because you were going. And huh? he goes, Dad, you just embarrassed me. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, son, what, did I, what happened? Mm-hmm. He goes, Dad, I was just telling him a story of how funny you are. Mm-hmm. How much fun we laugh and have and... I put you on speakerphone because I guaranteed, oh. guaranteed him that you were going to say something funny. that was going to be funny. And you ripped into me and embarrassed me in front of all my friends. And man, my heart just dropped. And he said, I'm not coming in until I say something. I have to say it. I'm willing to pack my clothes and drive off if I have to and go to my grandparents. And so now I'm bawling, crying. I'm man. just like, man, just come across the street, man. Please. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling come it, on. dude. Oh, yeah. And I said, what is it you want to say? He said, Dad, I just want to know, do you even believe what you put in me? Wow. Wow. And 
And from that moment, and I realized in that moment that that, that I was a, I was afraid. Yeah. And as a parent, I was fearful wow. of how was he going to turn out. But he let me know. He said, "Dad, you gotta trust what you put in me. Mm. I believe in it. Mm -hmm. I'm working it. I'm using it." So as a parent, I just want to tell you that if you trust what you're putting in them, mm -hmm. oh, that's good. Just trust okay. what you're putting in them, Ooh. and they're getting it. We want to see right now that they're getting it, but what if what you're putting in them is for later? Preach. And you just got to trust that. So, And I'm telling yeah. you, that is a perfect segue I, to get into part three, because so what good. I will tell you yeah. is the things that I said over and over and over to my mm -hmm. boys that I thought was going in one ear and out the other, and my yeah. daughter, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Chandler's locked and loaded. She's mini me. I mean, I, yeah. I can we, we can mental telepathy, right? Right. But the things, and she let me see that she was getting it, right? Yes. The things that I thought my boys were, whatever, dad. Yeah. Watching them as adults now. Yes. Tell their friends. Mm-hmm. Tell their peers, their significant other, their spouse. I'm going, oh my gosh, they were listening. They're telling them stuff that I taught yes. them mm -hmm. and referring back to that. And I mean, I can't believe some of the things that they remember yeah. that they're saying. I'm like, you you remember that? Yes. <laughs> like, wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. So don't think it's falling on deaf ears. It's not. Do Absolutely. not. It's never wasted. Never that wasted. word will not return void. Come on, sir. Right? So yes, sir. Okay, so more, more to come in part three. Awesome. So I hope you've enjoyed our conversations. Remember to like, share, follow, subscribe, and all that good stuff. And if you ever wanna to talk to someone in the healing place, we're here for you. Please pick up the phone and call, email, or find us on crosstimberschurch.org, The Healing Place, or find us on our Facebook page, The Healing Place Group.